Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is Monday, August 21st, 2023, 3.08 in the afternoon. Sunny out. Let's see what the weather's poking out. A little hazy this morning, 83 degrees with sun and clouds outside. So how was your weekend? You ready for the week? Hopefully your week's getting off nice. I'm trying to determine if, is is it better on Mondays you're tired because it means you had a full weekend or does it mean you didn't recharge the batteries enough? You're not, uh, you're not, uh, you know, ready to go. You didn't have enough rest. You didn't have enough downtime. You know, the things you did. I had a busy weekend, nothing real crazy, but just really never got a chance. I'd say outside of an hour last night, just before dark to sit down and kind of take a deep breath this, this, uh this uh, weekend at all you know right from here on Friday I went to uh, my wife's gym uh, was having a pool party so you know went there to meet her and and her gym mates as they call themselves the gym rats Uh, they're not gym rats Um, but it was a good time spent a couple of times there you know went back you know had an early night then Saturday uh, like I spoke here on the show I had that concert the VFW Legends concert in New Jersey and it was like a two and a half, two hour and 45 minute drive. So it was a long drive out there, but well worth it. Real great time. If you follow me on social media, you've seen some pictures of it. And it was just a real, I hope to see more of them around the country. It was a really good event. There were a couple of tents with different organizations for, uh, you know, for fundraisers. They had food trucks. They, they roasted an entire pig. You know, had a lot of uh, great places like that. It was it was nice to be a VIP there. Spend some time with some old friends, meet some new friends, and, and meet some people that I've I've been around, I've met before, but really never had a chance to uh, you know have a, a in depth conversation with. And, and one of those people is uh, Dave Bray USA. Now, if you don't know Dave Bray, he's a patriotic singer, kind of country rock and rollish. You know, depending on which way he, he you know his songs are, are geared that day. Um, you know, he kind of does a little of both real, real down to earth guy. And it was just a, a great time, you know, actually talked to him. I, I I've met him at police week cause he always sings, you know, there. Um, I've met him at CPAC cause he sings the national anthem and, and a lot of opening shows there. So, so I've met him here and there, but it's always been too busy, never kind of a one-on-one atmosphere, but it was really great to touch base with him, his wife, and get to know them. I got some of his merchandise. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you saw me with my old school Patriot hat from David Bray, USA.com. And, a, a, you know, a t- nice T-shirt I got. I got my wife a sweatshirt from his line. Real, real nice stuff. But uh, his music is outstanding. And it was a great timing because there was a young lady there whose father in 2002, who's no longer with us, he passed away, I believe, in 2006. But her father was a songwriter. There, She's from Texas, and her dad was from Texas. And in 2002, her dad wrote a song about 9-11. And uh, it was more of a Wailing Jennings kind of country song, like real, real country, real old school country. And she, she knew Dave Bray. She met him a couple times, and she sent it to him. And she said, hey, you, you know, could you possibly want to do something with this? If you don't, it's not a problem. But you know, I think it's something that you, if you put your touch on it, it would come, come out real, uh, real good. And... He listened to it and says, absolutely, you know, we'll get this done. And he performed that song, probably not for the first time, but she was there. So it was the first time she heard her dad's song. 
And, uh, you know, I got to talking to her both before and afterwards. She she then knew my history with 9-11 and my connection to it, as well as Dave Bray, the, the performer who sang it. And, uh, you know, there was just that much more emotion in it. You know, while Dave was singing it, you know, he kind of pointed over at me, you know, while, while it was going. And, you know, she was there standing in front of him recording it for her family so she can show him. And it was a real touching moment, especially, you know, with that kind of encompassed of 9-11 uh, such stuff. Uh, but it was a good time, and it was real great to touch base with him. I'm going to have him in the studio in the future. We were talking about it. He's down here local in York, PA. That's where they live, him and his wife. So, uh, you know, I got to talk to him. It would be great to get him up here, you know, talk about the things he's done around the country at these patriotic events, his stances, and we play some of his music and really have a great conversation. He's a real great guy, down-to-earth guy, and I'm looking forward to it. But we're going to get him in the studio. And if you you've, don't know who I'm talking about, if you've never heard of him, just Google Dave Bray USA. Listen to some of his music, listen to some of the things and where he's been, see some of the concerts he's at. I believe I just saw he's opening up for uh, for Brett Michaels uh, somewhere in the near future. And somebody said that he was going to be in our area in October. I'm not sure where, but um, he said he definitely wants to get up here into the studio and spend some time. And uh, we might have the young lady whose dad wrote that song call in from Texas uh, to give her perspective, because they both tell it a lot better than I do. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting it secondhand. They they actually lived this event and this work that they did. One of the other things that were there is if you know the patriotic artist Scott Lebedo, uh if you don't, Google him as well. He's the very outspoken kind of fu New York City mayor, in your face. Is about a New York accent as you could get from Staten Island. Who who's painted murals, patriotic murals. And and basically, um, you have to Google him. You have to see him. He he's 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 a, a character and a half, really larger than life. He created this artwork in three to five minutes. He he was on stage and he had this three by five canvas and he did this American flag artwork with the eagle in the center. And like I said, under five minutes, uh, two music. He uses his brushes. He uses his hands. Uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable. And and that artwork is up for bid now. Uh, I have some pictures with it. I have pictures with him. And, and again, somebody else that I've met in a bunch of events, but we've really never got the chance to to kind of have one-on-one conversation. And I'm glad uh, we did. We're also going to get him on, you know, in the future. Touch base. He, you know, he really likes getting his message out on what he does. Um, but, you know, his... He, he, he's got to understand there are a lot of words we can't say here on terrestrial radio. So that's one of the, the things he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll try and be good. Um, the other one was Silence of Light, this group that headlined the event, this VFW Legends concert out there. And Silence of Light is a, a group of military dudes that, that they're, they're former military. They're, they're out now. But a good portion of them are special forces guys, you know, team guys, Green Berets, Delta Force and uh, some of the other ones are, are um, Air Force power rescuers. I mean, really tip-of-the-spear type dudes. And, and they have a heavy metal band that they go out and they travel around. And their music is, if you're into that kind of music, it was it was good. As as a musician, you know, I was into the music. They, they were really good at what they did and really rocked the event. You know, it was dark by that time. They had their light show. They had the phenomenal stage. But again, you could... Uh, you can... Follow me on my Facebook page. That's the best place to do it. Or, uh, you know, on Instagram. I'm there as well. And you can see Dave Bray and all these guys, you know, reposes. But one of the other things I met was Gunny Claus. 
And uh, Gunny Claus is a is a unique individual. He is the gunnery sergeant for the Toys for Tots, a former gunnery sergeant. Um, now gunnery, gunny Santa for uh, Toys for Tots. And he travels all over the country. And if you saw his uniform, he's got the Santa Claus beard. He's got his Marine Corps uniform with his Toy for Hat Tots uh, gunny patches on his sleeve. And uh, was a was a unique gentleman to uh, to see. He goes around, like I said, to these events, uh, patriotic events like this for our military. He goes to the Toys for Tots events, obviously. He does his appearances as Gunny Claus, um, you know, the cousin to Santa Claus when he's around at Toys R Tots events or kids events and a real good time. And, and we, we spent some time together, you know, had, had a couple of drinks together and it was, it was a great thing. And you can see a picture of, uh, I'm wearing my cowboy hat. He's wearing his, his drill sergeant hat and his red uh, gunny Santa drill sergeant hat. And we traded hats for a little bit and took a couple of pictures with that too. But again, a, a great time there. And my good friend who's been on this show, Navy seal Ray cash care uh, was there and did an appearance. Um, and it was a good time. Good time catching up with old friends. There were a bunch of congressional candidates for the U.S. Congress there. There were a couple of Senate for the U.S. Senate there from New Jersey because the event was in New Jersey. Some of them I know, like my friend Darius Mayfield, who's uh, running for a second time. He came close last time. But as a Republican, as a black Republican in New Jersey, he's really knocking on the door to kind of break that ceiling to get elected. He came close in the last election, and now he's looking at 2024 again. But he's a real good friend. I've done events with him. I've spoken at events for him. But uh, that's what we did pretty much uh, this weekend. That's what I did anyway. Uh, my wife had to go and meet my daughter halfway to Annapolis to change cars because she uh, moved in to her, she had to move in with all her boxes because at the end of every semester they have to clear out their rooms because they have all summer programs at the Naval Academy. So she needed the truck, the pickup truck, to bring all her stuff from her storage to back to school but we needed the truck to do other things up here and uh she did that so we were in separate directions on saturday and then sunday um you know was i tried to get the grass cut but again had some issues with my pump belt on my zero turn and uh ended up chewing up the belt only after two 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 mows of the lawn it was running nice and smooth i smelled something and then all of a sudden you know the the power started weakening and I, I looked under and the belt was all frayed so I ended up dealing with that yesterday and this morning so I'm a little beat up I was laying in my lawn all morning putting the second belt on and thankfully my daughter's boyfriend put the, the belt on a week or two ago when we were away up in Saratoga Springs uh, and when I went to go put on this belt I realized there was something with the tension that was there it just wasn't right I, I think the well my, my determination came the belt was too small uh, they gave, gave us a 59-inch belt where the tractor should take a 61-inch belt. So my idle spring, spring on the tension is probably too much more information than you guys even care about. Uh, it was getting a little close, and when the, the belt vibrated, it was hitting it and chewing it up. So basically, I put on the wrong size belt again just so I could move it, but I'll be more careful and then get the proper belt. And hopefully I can finish my lawn with one thing. We had a couple, you know, we, we had a bunch of issues with the tractor this year nothing i mean maintenance some simple stuff that that commonly go but um you know i just want one summer or one grass cut where i could just cut the grass and i'm done i got about 70 percent done the whole front of the house side of the house done and those bad storms that we got through i think there was friday night or saturday no it wasn't saturday it had to be friday night 
uh, knocked down one of those dead ash trees onto my lawn, so I got to cut that up at some point too. But you know, the typical homeowner woe is me nonsense, nothing you have to worry about. But I'm trying to figure out: is it a good thing at the start of a Monday if you're tired from the weekend, or should you be refreshed and ready to go for the week? Um, you know, I'm I'm here and ready to go. I got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Had a had a really good weekend, but yeah, I'm kind of. Didn't have that time to just sit down and relax, which, uh, you know, even this morning when I was doing show prep, I had to run outside for about an hour and a half and work work on the lawn under this tractor to try and get a belt on. But if you want to call about what you did this weekend, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. I'd love to hear what you are doing, what your plans are. Are your kids off to school yet? My college kids, both of them off. Got my both my first day of schools with my daughter who's uh, in her nursing program. And her, it's her first last day of, or her last first day of school. That's it. Last first day of school. So we got that picture today, and I posted them on social media as well. We got a party going on on social media, so you got to follow Rob O'Donnell on Facebook or at O'Donnell underscore R on Twitter. It's 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 324, 83 degrees and partly sunny out there. Beautiful end of summer kind of day. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Monday, August 21st, 2023. There are things that are happening in our headlines, things that are around us. But uh, probably won't get into them in depth, so... um, We're going to just spit them out there, and hopefully you uh, know about them. If you want to look them up, if you want to talk about them, you're more than welcome to. I'm kind of up on them, but, uh, you know, things that are happening. A Nanakoke man dies in a motorcycle accident. Our condolences to the area man's family. The 40th Tomato Tomato Festival exceeds expectations from everything I've heard. Luzerne... County released elections calendar to track preparations. Wyoming County DA jumps on the social media lawsuit bandwagon. I'm not a fan of this. I I think it's parents' jobs to manage their kids' social media, not a county or school districts or everyone else's job to jump on the bandwagon to make a buck. Hit and run driver mows down seven in New York City. Some people, some of them are critical. Ukraine's pilots are now training in F-16s. See if they get them uh, into service anytime soon. A lack of a deal on spending cuts risk another Washington shutdown. I know. Here we go again. GOP candidate Ramaswamy says he won't accept a VP offer. PA Senator has a new look stemming from a bet with his teenage son. The UK neonatal nurse who killed seven babies gets life in prison. And the public safety officials are saying over 800 are still missing in Maui. Thoughts and prayers go out to the entire community out there and everyone affected. It really seems like, again, you know, government isn't the... On the ball they should be when it comes to this. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this May, August 21st, 2023. Hope you found them interesting. Again, if there's anything there you want to talk about, feel free. Got some text messages in. Uh, I love hearing bench talk. Anyone that doesn't will get over it. Yeah, I was talking about having to change the belt on my zero-turn commercial tractor. And uh, 
yeah, I figure, you know, most of the guys and a lot of the gals out there do their regular maintenance on their their lawn equipment themselves anyway. So there's enough people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody says, uh, get a good night's sleep tonight and you won't have to worry about it. You'll have it all covered. I'm hoping. That's my plan for tonight. I'm looking at the other tech. You can call or text in at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Max from Dixon City on crime. Hey, Max, how was your weekend? Max, you there? Hello? Yeah, now I got you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> topic crime. Um, Glenn Beck did a, an interesting show recently about the, the crime wave and in retail and how stores now are you know, either shutting down completely, leaving cities, and they're liberal cities too because they have a rule. It has to be 2,000 or more to, to actually do anything. Like you can't even chase a guy. They, they basically yeah. decriminalized retail theft. So here, here's what's happening, basically. These stores are going to be closing up. They're going to want you to buy online. And if you do go venture out for personal items, like um, a lady friend of mine over the weekend, personal items, and you have to announce this is what you want, and they have to come, the employees, and unlock it for you. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a spur of the moment need for something else that maybe you don't want people like, prying eyes, just watching and putting two and two together. Okay. That what you're buying, is this a prelude to America being pretty much shut-ins and buying online, being afraid to go out um, stores, just, you know, they don't want shoppers anymore. They want to close the malls. They they don't want people out. They want people in their homes buying. Are we, are we turning? Yeah. I, Go ahead. I don't think so, Max, because uh, they've tried that. I mean, the re- online sales, you know, between Amazon and everything else online, you know, it, it's really easy. A lot of people like to do that. I'm more of a hands-on shopper. I like going out. I know exactly what I want before I walk into a store. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to feel it. I want to look at it. I want to see it for myself. Um, you know, I, I also get stuff online, but I'd rather see it. If I could pick it up in person somewhere, I'd rather sure. that. And, and, and I think back- I think there's a big portion of America that's the same way when it comes to all types of shopping. But I get exactly what you're saying. You know, I don't I don't need to announce to some 17-year-old or 18-year-old kid, you know, what kind of personal products I need in a drugstore because everything's locked up. Yeah, that's and that's what Glenn Beck was talking about. He said he went in for a screwdriver, and the lady was just uh, ambivalent because she's like, well, maybe they're there, maybe they're not, but they keep getting stolen. And uh, the, the shelf was empty. Because as soon as they come in, they just people just come in and take them. You know, uh, so if you need an item and it's not there, what are you forced to do? You, you have to improvise. So an- another thing, since you're your next cop, why, why are the FBI not putting out crime statistics post these uh, so-called riots that took place in 19? Like, you're, it's very hard to find the crime rates. Like, they are either adjusted or they're just not giving them out. But from what I've hear, heard, they've, they've doubled or even tripled since uh, 2019, violent and and um, retail. Well, it's retail not, is up like 100%. Yeah, and it's not even just the FBI. You have police departments all around the country, including the FBI, who are not including retail theft because it's now decriminalized. It's, it's not They don't consider it a real right. crime anymore. You know, it's, it's yeah. basically an administrative issue that's between the corporation, their insurance companies, and, 
you know, the, the misunderstood people out there that are taking their products at will. Uh, and until that corrects, I mean, it's just they have to realize that for every month they let this go on, how much harder it's going to be when it's time to stop it. And it will become time to stop it sooner or later. Like, like well, said, why are people? I don't. Why, see why are people? Go ahead. Why are people voting for these social justice warriors that are are trying to, you know, create a utopia with with a society that has, in my opinion, about 15, it's 15, 20 percent third world people now taking it over? Like, isn't like 80 uh, percent of the crime committed by like 10 percent of this population? It, it's 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 crazy, and they're and they're repeat offenders. Well, it's, it's even and it's it, even less than that. And when I've spoke at these events, you know, even in the black community, where they're they're disproportionate higher in violent crime. But if you look at who's actually doing the crime, that's why you know it's 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 kind of disingenuous to say, well, thirteen percent of the population, your black American population, you know, commits a majority of of uh, you know violent crime in America. Now that statistic is true, but it's not thirteen percent. It's like a half a percent of that thirteen percent. Mm -hmm. These repeat offenders that are not only making that 13% look bad, but they're creating the, a lot of the crime, the majority of crime for the country as a whole. So, you know, I understand when they push back, well, you know, don't paint us with a broad brush like that. And it's absolutely not. It's like half a percent of violent criminals that are allowed. And it, that goes for any demographic. That goes for the white population, the Hispanic population, the Asian population. A very small percentage of each of those demographics commits the majority of the crime. That's why when you address crime, when you address quality of life, when you address misdemeanor crime, especially when it comes to retail theft, you might have 20 or 30 or 40 main players that are career retail theft people. And if you put them all away and give them the time they deserve, two, three, four years in prison, your crime drops dramatically. We did, and, and, you know, I did that firsthand in, in, mm -hmm. in New York City where we targeted you know, people who were jamming the turnstiles at your subway systems. And it turns out that four or five people we're doing the majority of the entire side of the city, and it was an enterprise for them. And once we ended up combining them and, and putting, like, taking all the misdemeanor charges and presenting them as a felony because of the widespread, uh, you know, um, inconvenience that they caused, they ended up getting six, seven years in jail. And misdemeanor crime in that sector dropped like eighty nine percent. Yeah, and they're not prosecuting. But and, and finally, this kind of wraps it real, up. Real quick, Max, because I, I gotta go. And I spoke on this before. If a leader arises out of the ashes, where people are just so sick and tired of this, and he's and he or she says, "Yes, these criminals that are repeat offenders, violent, whatever," I am going to take care of them. Broad statement. What if they get elected and then say, "All right, well, you're we're going to have the death penalty. We're going to have firing squads. We're going to have whatever, 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 and we're going to eliminate." 10% of the population due to that. Well, that would you vote for that person? I would. No, no, Max, because we don't. <laughs> no, you we, we wouldn't? Don't, okay. No, uh, not, not, and again, I have to get to a break, but we uh, we don't execute or put people life in prison for, you know, their crime, their punishment has to fit the crime. So we just don't do that for everyone. But if you're convicted of a crime for that's that serious, then yeah, we should be thinking about things like that. It's 334 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 340. Um, got a text message here. Rob, I'm sitting home listening to my scanner, which I always do in tandem while listening to you and a shoplifter at a big box chain store. Starts on the police on the way, uh, juvenile, of course. Yeah, and the longer 
they start they keep letting this go as longer that this isn't an issue and they have this revolving door and not even pursuing it in some areas of the it's just going to get that much worse and that much harder to combat because sooner or later they're going to have to say enough's enough or there's going to be no stores left anywhere in in communities that that deal with this but even here i mean i see it all the time dixon city the wilkesbury they're putting it out you know shoplifters people using you know phony cash and and everything and even our area here um, you know, when I was down in Annapolis, I live right next to the Annapolis Mall, and their county police had a no-pursuit policy for retail theft. So as long as they get out and get in their car, you know, they realize that they're free to go. And, uh, you know, you see these these smash and grabs all over the country, especially they were showing there was a, a lot over the news this weekend of the smash and grabs one after another after another in California. And I'll tell you firsthand, when I was out in San Diego— uh, I, I landed at the airport. My friend picked me up, who uh, was a sergeant with the San Diego Police Department, and we had his undercover car, a, a pickup truck, a Dodge Ram pickup truck with tinted windows and everything, had my suitcase in the back seat, and we went to go grab something to eat, and he was like, oh, we got to drop your suitcase off at the headquarters because we can't leave a suitcase uh, in the back because they'll just smash the window and take it. And that was from an unmarked police car. So... Uh, you see these these pictures of these individuals, and they're following them, and they're trying to get the license plate, but it's it's kind of futile because the cars are stolen. They steal the car that morning. They carjack it or they steal it, and they drive around. They do these smash and grabs. So you can get the license plate off these cars all you want it, because it's most likely a stolen car. And just something I saw in D.C. yesterday uh, where there was an armed golf course robbery. Three people, including a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old, were arrested for armed robbery after the group robbed a party of golfers at Hidden Creek Golf Course in the the, the, the Washington, D.C., Virginia area. And it's, you know, I, I put that out there. I retweeted it, and I said, why is it so hard for the DMV? DMV is uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area to realize that by not holding 14, 15, and 16-year-olds accountable now, they most likely won't reach their 18th birthday. These are hardened career criminals. Yes, 14, 15, 16. They have become hardened career criminals without a fear of anything. They are armed. They're going to end up dead. So by saying, well, they're juveniles, we have to treat them like juveniles, let's try and rehabilitate them, and let's try all these things— yeah, look at what's happening. You have a judicial revolving door where these kids are going to Gladiator Academy, coming out, and then they're they're just more aggressive than they were. They're going to end up dead, and that needs to be the warning sign around the country. That needs to be the the cry for justice because you're you're literally saving these kids' lives because this life of crime, this violent life of crime, where they are armed, they are dangerous until someone else who is armed and more dangerous confronts them. And they're going to end up dead. So, okay, I understand you want to have your hands off criminal justice reform, you know, kid gloves on the juvenile offenders, but you don't, be, you don't hold them accountable. And we can discuss holding them accountable. But if you don't hold them accountable and make it memorable for them, they're going to continue this life of crime. They're going to end up dead. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 347. 82 degrees and sunny outside. 
Uh, I saw this, and it's uh, interesting how the the cost of vehicle prices are just skyrocketing. I mean, we were having an issue with used vehicles, you know, getting astronomical um, numbers for their resales. But now, if you're looking for a car under $20,000, as per the Associated Press, says good luck. Your choice has dwindled to just one vehicle, and it might not be around for a while. The Mitsubishi Mirage is the only vehicles who MSRP is under $20,000. Um, the current version of the Mirage, which reached the U.S. dealerships a decade ago, sold an average of $19,205 last month, according to uh, data from Cox Automotive. Though a few other new models have started prices under $20,000, the actual purchase price with options and shipping and everything exceed the figure. That's uh, disappointing because uh, I took advantage of that all the time. I have... What I call my commuting car, my everyday car. It used to be a Ford Focus. I had I bought a Ford Focus in 2017, uh, 2007, 2014, and then most recently in 2021, I bought a Hyundai Kona because it was all-wheel drive. See how that worked, uh, you know, for my commuting car. But they all get 40 miles to the gallon. I have my pickup truck, and with the money I saved on gas, especially with the increased prices, especially back in 20, 2007 and 2014, uh, and now. I made up the money, the difference the, from driving my pickup truck everywhere. It takes the wear and tear off it. You know, that's my weekend and hunting and fishing truck and, you know, my excursion truck. And then I have my everyday car that I take back and forth to work that I, you know, put, you know, 700 miles a week on going back and forth. And I've done that, you know, all over. This is the shortest commute I've had in my working career here at the station. Uh, but it's disappointing because I... I I think all those cars were under 20,000, but you know, again, with the options stuff, they come up there, but I think even my all wheel drive Kona was only like 23, 24. But if you're looking for a new car, you know, a little car for your kid or, or your wife or yourself, like I said, I, I have no qualms driving around in my, uh, my little commuter car, as I like to call it 40 miles a gallon, 38 miles to the gallon. I'll take it all I can get. And then, uh, you know, beat up my pickup truck on weekends. It's uh, through almost 3.50 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the Bloomberg Money Minute. How's everybody doing? You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 354. 84 degrees and partly sunny outside on this Monday, August 21st, 2023. Well, a Democratic lawmaker from here in Pennsylvania is planning on moving forward with a four-day work week legislation. More time for rest what they're calling it's going to affect businesses with more than 500 employees would it reduce their hours legislation would exclude local and mid-sized businesses from the requirement according to an august 15th memorandum released by state representative g ronnie green green a democrat from pa said a four-day work week would provide hard-working individuals with more time for rest family obligation and focus on both physical and mental health. Rested, happy, and healthy workers, in turn, can better focus on work and accomplish more in the workday. The Federal Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 established a standard 40-hour work week. Today, most workers continue to work the standard 40-hour work week, but society today looks and operates differently than it once did in 1938. Technological advancements have gone have uh, alone have significantly increased the productivity of workers, allowing more work to be accomplished in less time. 
Research has shown that companies may be able to adopt a four-day work week without losing worker productivity. The bill reads. Um, Charlie Hurt argues the bill is for the people who don't want to work. This strikes me as uh, that this is not a bill for people who work. This is a bill for people who don't work, don't want to work. They're lazy and they don't want to get a job, he said on the big weekend show. 41 companies tested a four-day work week model in the United States and Canada over a six-month period. I can tell you they didn't do it here. According to a non-for-profit four-day week global, the organization found that employees reported experiencing less stress and burnout after six months of a shortened schedule. The participating companies also reported great satisfaction with business productivity, performance, and ability to attract employees. I like it. I'm all for always having more time home with my family, more personal time. But there are there are many, many places that just can't do this. I mean, they just can't. You have to, I mean, there are places that just can't work five-day weeks. There's, there's, you know, public safety, fire, you know, flying. You know, our airline industries, our, you know, transportation across the board, our our. Road workers, I mean, there's just so much that, that can't do this. So do they hire more employees and put them on a, a, another rotation? Can they afford to do that? Yes. I, I, all, the show, all, the, all the studies have proven four-day work weeks have more happy, more progress, progressive as far as workflow, getting more done than people who work more hours. People who work from home are producing more, doing more, um, you know, getting more done in their work week. So maybe a, a hybrid of the two. You know, maybe keep it at a five-day work week, but you can have a flex day. That one week is for you to spend at home. You can make it a Friday. You can make it a Saturday. You can make it whatever day you want during the week. Uh, I would like to see something more along those lines. But again, what what uh, there are so many employment places that just can't. I mean, you, you can't either you're going to have to hire more people to cover that slot or they're just going to not have anything for the service, be it a restaurant, be it a retail establishment, be it law enforcement, fire services, EMTs, teachers, you know, anything like that. So and it's interesting. Do we if that happens in education with our schooling, with our school systems? Do kids become more nefarious because they have more time on their hands, free time that's not being, you know, idle time to have themselves get in trouble? They they constantly talk about that. You know, we have to put basketball courts. We have to put, you know, these fields, these these playgrounds, these pools, you know, get them you, these these resources so they're busy doing something so they're not, you know, straying into something out. Now, I'm not a firm believer in that. I think, you know, if you want to do something bad and you have the – the wherewithal to do something bad, you're going to end up doing something bad regardless. You're going to make time to do it. Uh, it's not simply like, hey, we're just sitting around doing nothing, so let's let's go commit a crime or let's go deface something or do something stupid. Um, you know, I, I like the premise. I, I was always, a, I'd rather make less money and spend more time at home with my family doing the things that I want to do. Um, growing, you know, raising my kids. And I, I think a lot of other people like that, but maybe a hybrid, 
you know, rather than a mandated four-day work week, which a lot of companies can't do, you know, give them that flex day so they can answer emails from home. They can make phone calls from home. They can do things at home that are work-related, but you're not sitting in an office with someone over your shoulder doing something. I, I think more will get done. That would be a good testing point. And like I said, a hybrid environment there. We'll see where this goes, but it's again, it's stemming from here in Pennsylvania, this Representative Green, Ronnie Green in Pennsylvania. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK. We'll be back with the show after the top of the hour.